When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing among the 11, raised his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Now this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place, and I know that it's the spirit of Now, isn't that a beautiful image? The Holy Spirit, like a sweet little dove, softly gliding into our sanctuary and slowly filling us with love. Wow, that's the kind of Pentecost that I want. That's the way to experience the Holy Spirit of God, right? Peaceful, calm, gentle, like a soft, cozy blanket or a refreshing summer breeze. I wonder if that's what the 120 people gathered on the first Pentecost expected. I wonder if that's what they hoped for. You see, I imagine that they were gathered there frightened and confused 
I imagine that they were still grieving the loss of Jesus, trying to put their lives back together. I imagine them reciting Jesus' last words again and again. Go to Jerusalem, he told us. Wait there, he said. The promised spirit will come, Jesus promised. So they followed Jesus' instructions. They waited for God's spirit to come and do God knows what. And I'm sure they found consolation in some of Jesus' last words. Peace I give you, my peace I leave you. And lo, I'm with you always to the close of the age. Yes, that small group of Jesus' followers expected the Holy Spirit to come. And they expected that spirit to come as comfort, as help as certainty and direction about the future, maybe even as victory for the future. I imagine they wanted and expected a sweet Holy Spirit, right? Of comfort and of peace. Now you might be thinking, in fact you should be thinking, how in the world do you know that, Stacy? How do you know what they were thinking? Well, I know it because the church has always cried out for a sweet Holy Spirit. We pray for it. We've written hymns and praise songs about it. And you and I, when given the chance, we would pray and sing for God's sweet spirit to arrive into our lives and into our messes in just that way, with soft and gentle and peaceful power, right? Think about it. If you can, if you were here three years ago, go back with me in time to Pentecost of 2015 here at Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church. Pentecost of 2015, it was the last week of May And if you were here, you remember that Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church was at the end of a three-year interim in pastoral leadership that Pentecost. The pastor nominating committee, after two years of hard work, had just announced the new pastor. His name was Mark Ramsey. He was to come and be your head of staff. He wasn't here yet. He was going to arrive in August. But that Pentecost, your church staff your church leaders, and this congregation prayed for and planned, right, for that sweet Holy Spirit to calm fears and to guide the plans. You prayed for a smooth transition. You prayed for peace and harmony as this new staff came together. You prayed for a long and successful ministry together for growth, for renewal, maybe even for victory. And I'm sure everyone in this congregation and all who knew this congregation wanted a sweet spirit of unity and comfort, believing that the Holy Spirit would bring peace and success. That was the hope, that was the plan. Do you remember? Well, that same day, Pentecost of 2015, was my last Sunday in my previous church in Richardson, Texas. After nine years of being their pastor, four years of living apart from my husband Al, I was gonna take that huge leap of faith. 
I was about to move to Austin with no job, no church community, no contacts. I was going to leave the city I loved, the church I loved, all my friends, all of that, to come and be here with Al, who was embarking on a new career at the seminary here in Austin, the Presbyterian Seminary, a career we didn't even know would work out, to be honest with you. Leaving my young adult daughter, leaving Al's elderly parents in Dallas, and so I did the only thing I knew to do, the same thing you would do, I prayed, right? I prayed mightily for the Holy Spirit. I asked for a spirit of peace and courage. I asked for a sweet spirit to guide and comfort my family. I prayed for the Richardson Church that it would be okay. I, I prayed that Al's job would work out. And I prayed for this, listen. I asked for that sweet spirit of God to gently and clearly lead me to a church, a small little church, (laughs) where I could be the pastor to a faithful flock of a few hundred people. That was my prayer and I just knew, I just knew that God's sweet spirit of love and devotion would guide me and lead me to such a church. That was my hope, that was my plan. Friends, it is wonderful to have hopes and plans, and it is good to pray for God's spirit to bring peace and comfort, and it's a blessing to be guided and gently nudged by the Holy Spirit towards greater faith and love. But this Pentecost morning, let me remind you that God's spirit never bows to our wishes. God's spirit contains power and direction beyond our wildest dreams, And God's spirit can sweep us off our feet and away from comfort and headlong into God's purposes as easily as it can bring peace. The earliest followers of Jesus learned this lesson on Pentecost. Suddenly, the spirit came to them and it was anything but sweet. They experienced power and direction that frankly words couldn't describe like the rush and noise of a violent wind, God's spirit descended. And the spirit tossed them into a new reality, tossed them into new purpose and new life together, and tossed them into courageous speech and world-altering witness. Like tongues of fire, the spirit burned away their fear and apathy, and it scorched Jesus' followers with truth and with radiant love. Whatever they expected, whatever they prayed for, Acts chapter 2 tells us that these 120 people were tossed and scorched with God's power in ways they never asked for and in ways they could not anticipate. That, my friends, is Pentecost. The power of God that cannot be controlled, that will not be denied. The power that birthed the church and continues to push and toss the church today. Over the last three years, I have seen that power at work here at WHPC. And I'll bet you have too. Like many of you, I've witnessed some of the original hopes and plans for for leadership here blow apart. I've witnessed staff and church members burned with powerful new direction 
I've witnessed strong winds of change, tossing and rearranging the soul of this congregation. And together we have been tossed into new understandings of worship, new understandings of our community, new ways of doing our work together, new leadership. And yes, I would even say that God's spirit has scorched us a bit, scorched us with new humility, some new openness, some deeper compassion. Pentecost has happened in this place not once or twice, but again and again, tossing us, scorching us into the church of God's hopes, the church of God's plans. And this tossing and scorching of the spirit I keep talking about, let me remind you, it's not just for churches. No, Pentecost happens to individuals, it happens to families, And in the last three years, I can honestly say without going into too much detail that my hopes, my plans for ministry, for my family, pretty much got blown out of the water. Not once, not twice, but over and over again. And in the process, God's Spirit scorched me and my family with humility I didn't know was possible, with new priorities, with deeper trust and compassion tossing us into the people of God's hopes and the family of God's plan. And looking at you, I would not be surprised if you've experienced the same thing. The plans you've made, the path laid out for your career or your projects, for your children or your marriage blown out of the water, your hopes, your dreams tested and purified in a hot forge of change or suffering, conflict or difficulty. And I wouldn't be surprised if in that wind and flame, you too have experienced the power of God creating and transforming and teaching and renewing. It was Peter bumbling, lovable, tongue-tied Peter who tried to make sense of it all that first Pentecost morning when the Jerusalem crowd said that the church was full of drunk people, Peter just boldly kind of faced them and said, no, no, what you see, what you hear, this power, this noise, this is the spirit of God, the uncontrollable, powerful spirit doing just what scripture told us the spirit could do. The Spirit of God tossed Peter into preaching, tossed the church into existence. The Spirit burned intensely and thousands came to its light. The Spirit lit a fire that to this day no darkness can overcome. That brilliant fire and powerful wind transformed everything and my friends, it still does. That's the point. That's the point of Pentecost. That's the point of the Spirit's tossing and burning within us and among us, not to make our lives easier or happier or more comfortable, but to transform us, to refine us, to make of us the people God can use to build a kingdom and to change the world. So when the Spirit starts to lead our church, or begins to lead our lives, we should expect a little heat, right? We should expect a little turbulence. And we shouldn't settle for anything else. 
Because in the tossing, we learn to trust a God bigger than our imagining. And in the fire of God's love, divine plans, those plans much better than our own, are forged. The tossing and scorching spirit of God closed every door to every small church I interviewed three years ago. Every door. And that same spirit finally blew me into a short-term contract, not a call, mind you, but a short-term contract with you. The spirit blew me here to be my official title, a helper for Mark. How's that for a title? (laughs) To be a helper for Mark for nine months, friends. That's how long the contract was, nine months. That was 30 months ago. (laughs) And it is still my privilege to be tossed and scorched with you as we wait to see, as we wait to see what God does next. William Temple, a 20th century Anglican bishop said it this way, when the spirit blows into your life, you don't ask for credentials. When the Spirit blows into your life, you don't wait till you know the source of the wind before you let it refresh you. And when the Spirit blows into your life, you don't wait to know the destination before you spread sail to it. It offers what you need. Trust yourself to it. Trust yourself to it. So if you're feeling tossed by the winds of change, burned by the demands of justice or love, trust yourself to the Spirit. If you're growing impatient with an unknown future or a lack of clear answers, trust yourself to the Spirit. And if you're tired or scared, if you're lacking energy and hope, and we all do at times, trust yourself to the Spirit. You see, there are some things that never change. The tossing, scorching Spirit of God keeps blowing, my friends, and God's plan, God's future, it always beckons us forward. It beckons for you, for those you care about, and for this church. And God will blow into this place. God will blow into our lives everything we need, every dream, every resource, every ounce of energy to fulfill that plan. Maybe that's why our songs about the Holy Spirit, songs like the one Courtney just sang, maybe it's why those songs often strike such a sweet and gentle tone. Because in the end, after all the tossing and burning, change and transformation, only one thing remains, and really only one thing matters. God leads us. God leads us forward. God leads us forward into a future wilder and more amazing than we can fathom. And God has us. Tossed and scorched though we may be, God has us in the palm of his hand, and there is no better place to be. 
Alleluia. Amen.